Well, welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra podcast on this Tuesday night, moving into uh, Wednesday morning after another Purdue basketball victory at Mackey Arena, 93-65 over Florida State. Seminoles are picked, were picked second in the ACC uh, behind Duke, and Purdue took care of them. Now, they had two starters out, one of them a seven-footer. Uh, and a third uh, guy was out as well uh, so they were missing some pieces but as Leonard Hamilton said after the game the Florida State coach he's not sure that that would have made much of a difference in, in this game I mean Purdue Purdue did what it has done in its first six games for the most part come out strong get a lead play inside get Edie and, and Travion going get the three three ball going uh, and then close close strong like they have in recent games against Villanova and North Carolina because uh, Florida State got it within eight about 11 minutes to go 11 and a half and Purdue went on a 12-0 run that's when Sasha got hot uh, and then they finished it off. It was a uh, 34-14 run, uh, and Purdue wins by 28, 93-65. Uh, but to me, and I wrote about it a little bit at jconline.com, um, to me the difference in this game and then maybe some other games that Purdue has played uh, against high-level competition, it's just the, the amount of hustle plays that Purdue had in this game that, you know, didn't change the game, didn't stop a run, didn't start a run. It was just their ability to get on the floor, their desire to get on the floor and make a play. You know, Trevion Williams, perfect example, second half, uh, the, there's a loose ball. He's on the floor. It goes off a Florida State player and you know the crowd erupts but it's plays like that in my opinion that when you get involved in in really close games in the Big 10 on the road or the Big 10 tournament NCAA tournament those are the plays that can make a difference in a game a big difference in the game because you're not letting them get a shot off and you're, you're getting a possession. And there were a couple others. Eric Hunter, uh, had, had a, had a good hustle play. Then Caleb first, uh, missed the second of a two shot free throw, hustled back to the other end, blocked a shot, grabbed the ball out of the air and was fouled. It's just, you know, those plays like that stood out in this game tonight. You know, they didn't need to stand out. They didn't need those plays to win. But, you know, if they do those things every night, a handful of times, then that's going to separate them from other teams. Because those plays are going to be the difference when you get out on the road against Michigan, when you go to Iowa, when you go to Indiana, when you go to Michigan State, when you get out on the road. And even it's going to happen in home games. It could happen Friday night against Iowa. That plays like that when you add them all up 
you know, they become crucial to whether you win or lose. Uh, so I just thought there was, we, we saw something a little bit different. It's not like Purdue hasn't been playing hard all year because they have. And in playing hard and diving on the floor for loose balls, I think are two different things. But the ability, again, for this team to kind of put everything aside and sacrifice, which is a story I wrote about leading into this game, but just the the willingness to sacrifice, whether it be playing time, a role, you know, the role that you play, or, or something else for the betterment of Purdue winning and ultimately winning championships is why you dive on the floor for loose balls, is why you you sprint from one end to the other. It's why you get in somebody's grill defensively. You know, it's why you challenge shooters. It's, you know, all those things is because you want to win. And you want to win big. And you want to win the big prize. And the big prize is obviously a national championship, but a big prize is just getting to the Final Four. A big prize is winning the Big Ten, regular season and tournament. Um, so, you know, Leonard Hamilton said after the game that, um, you know, Purdue is a team that has Final Four written all over it. And it's hard to disagree with that as we move into December. But a lot can change and a lot will change. And we'll see in the next few weeks, in the next month, as the Big Ten will start up again after a couple games here over the next uh, uh, ten days or so, you know, where things stand. But Purdue certainly has the look of a, of a, uh, a Final Four team. And come next week, they might have the look of a number one team because, uh, in case you missed it, uh, Duke, Lost at Ohio State. I think Ohio State outscored Duke 13 nothing the last four minutes, something like that. Uh, so Purdue has an opportunity again to get that number one ranking, which you know the program has never been ranked number one either in the AP poll or the coaches poll. It's kind of hard to believe that that has never happened. I mean, when you look at the history of Purdue basketball and you look at you know who has played in this program and the teams that have played in this program that it has never been ranked number one in the country um, it, it's it's a bit mind boggling to think about that because you thought at some point they would have moved into the number one spot but it hasn't happened and now if they can beat Iowa on Friday it more than likely will happen I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't happen. If you know, but if they if they lose to Iowa, or you know, I guess they could be sluggish. Um, then you know, it, it may not. But all signs are pointing it to happen, assuming that Purdue beats Iowa. Now, Iowa's going to come in here on Friday undefeated, coming off a really good win at Virginia, where they got out to a big lead in the first half, and then had to hang on, and then had to make plays down the stretch both at both ends to make sure that they they secured that victory. So they come in with a high level of confidence. Purdue is going to come into that game with a high level of confidence. It's the Big Ten opener. Uh, It's going to be an important game, probably more for Purdue, not because 
the number one rankings on the line, it's because it's a home game in the Big Ten, and you got to protect your home court. I mean, if Purdue is going to win the Big Ten regular season championship, it's going to have to protect its home court, and this is a game that it has to win uh, to do that. Um, and the other thing about getting back to Tuesday night's game is, and I'm sure you've all thought about this when you watch it, but you know they just they they just have so many guys that can score. Um, you know they shot fifty nine percent tonight. And to be honest, in the first half, you know I didn't I didn't think they were great offensively. But you look at the, up at the scoreboard and they have forty eight points. You know, I, I I didn't think they were super great offensively. I mean, I just thought that they were okay offensively. I thought their turnovers in the first half were were big because it kept Florida State in the game. I mean, at one point, Florida State had 13 points off uh, five Purdue turnovers. I think I ended up with 16 points off seven Purdue turnovers in the first half. I mean, that's basically scoring more than two points off every turnover. And if not for those turnovers, and a lot of these were live ball turnovers, which means they're being turned, you know, they're not being thrown out of bounds. They're not, uh, you know, they're just balls that get picked up and they get runouts and they get dunks. I mean, Purdue, you know, if you cut those in half in the first half, if you don't have seven, let's say you have three or four, then, you know, you instead of being up whatever Purdue was up, 13 or so, you know, they're probably up 20. And that's the area that it probably needs to get cleaned up uh, you know, as soon as possible. Although I don't know if if Iowa is going to be that big of a challenge defensively. They never have been under Fran McCaffrey, so I don't know why things would change this week. But some of those turnovers are unforced. Um, so, you know, that's an area. That's why I thought Purdue just wasn't, you know, maybe didn't look as sharp as they did offensively. And I, you know, you, you can look really good offensively with Purdue's team because if you can get the ball into Edie, he's going to dunk it and he's going to score most of the time. You know, they're, they're very high percentage shots, uh, as you know. And I just, I didn't think they were, I didn't think they clicked like they had been in some other games. Uh, but they still end up with 48. They still end up with over 90 points. Uh, they shot the ball really well, especially from three-point land. Um, and, you know, they got five, I believe, five players in double figures again. Isaiah Thompson shot the ball well. He had a couple big threes in the first half after great ball movement. You know, left him wide open. Uh, you know, Jaden Ivey got off to a great start with hitting three three-pointers in the first half. He hit his first four for the game. And when he's knocking down three-point shots, I, I think this team becomes unguardable. Because what, what are you going to take away? What are you going to take away? I mean, are you just going to play the percentages and let Ivy shoot uncontested three-pointers? I, I mean, you have to play. You have to come out and play him. You can't play him too close because he'll go around you. And if you leave a passing lane open, he's going to throw it to Edie or Travion Williams. Uh, it's just that's why I say I, I, I don't know what will be an off night for Purdue 
you know, and Matt Painter's talked about it a couple times, and he's right. You know, what happens when Purdue doesn't shoot 50%, doesn't shoot 55%? Um, well, the solution is that is to shoot 55% every game. But, you know, what, what happens when the ball doesn't go in as frequently as it has? You know, how does Purdue manage that? And that, that that's going to be a question that we all follow uh, this year. Uh, because it it will happen. It's it's the law of basketball. It's it just it's just what happens. There's no there's no going to be no rhyme or reason to it. You know, I thought I thought Florida State defended Purdue pretty well from a they have length, they have athleticism, they they had they have some big guys down low. Now they're different big guys than what Purdue what we think of Purdue as big guys. They're more sleek and perimeter type of guys, but you know I thought you know Florida State had you know the defensive uh, physical traits to cause produce some problems, and they did uh, at times. You know, getting out the passing lanes and making some steals and getting getting those runouts after after turnovers. But you go to the other end, and you know they just. It just, just Purdue couldn't be stopped offensively, and you know Purdue still has issues defensively. Will continue to have issues defensively. They are not a great defensive team. They are a team that struggled with dribble penetration again, um, and will continue to struggle in that area. Um, and you know we all, we all wait for the game where they have to make a defensive stop. To protect the lead, to keep the lead at one possession, you know, whatever the scenario, they're going to have to buckle down and do it. Uh, and it'll be curious how, you know, what happens there. But the, they need to get. I think they need to get in those situations if they can um, to see how that all plays out. But you know, defensively, you know, they they only they only give up sixty five points, and when you can start a game knowing that you're going to score 70 at least 65 is not a not a bad deal I mean we look at Florida State's numbers you know they they, they were not great they didn't shoot the ball particularly well uh, they didn't shoot the ball well from three they're not traditionally a, a strong three-point shooting team but uh, Purdue still has some work to do on the defensive end but they're doing enough right now to to get by and, and look good. Um, my my philosophy is is not, you know you, you don't give up on the defensive end. You don't give up on what you're doing down there and what you're trying to do. And and Painter won't. But at some point you just have to accept who you are. And Purdue right now is a team that is better off outscoring people than trying to play lockdown defense. Uh, it doesn't mean that's the way it's going to be all year because it won't be that way all year. But at some at some point, you have to accept who you are, and coaches have a hard time doing that because you know Purdue is all about defense. They're all about rebounding. They've never really been about offense. I mean, they they they, they score points. They've had guys that can score points. You know, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. 
when you think of Purdue basketball, offense is not something that comes immediately to your mind as far as the strength of the program. The strength of the program is, has been their ability to defend, defend really well, and rebound. And then the offense just kind of takes care of itself. Uh, but right now, I don't think that is this team. That is not this team. Its strength is scoring the ball. Its strength is its numbers in scoring the ball. Its strength is in rebounding still. Its strength is in sharing the ball on the offensive end. Its strength is in transition, even though they can play in the half court. Uh, and they proved that tonight by playing in the half court. So, but they, they are who they are. Um, it, it can, it can, it can swing a little bit more to them playing better defense, but to me, the philosophy should be, and maybe you don't present this to your team in this way, but my, my approach to it would be, we're, you know, gonna, you're gonna get, continue to get better on defense. That's the, the message that you send every day and you're going to work on it and you're going to you're going to uh, scout and you're going to do all that stuff you're going to do things to to make make yourself better defensively but um, at the end of the day you have to understand who you are and you're just looking for stops in certain situations and games and I think I've said this before it's like football you're not going to get a team off the field every third down but if you do it enough and your and your percentage is good where you're not allowing opponents to convert more than 25% of third downs or 30% of third downs in a football situation, maybe the same can apply basketball. Can you get the stops at the end of a half? Can you get stops during, during a run? Purdue goes on a 12-0 run. Obviously, they're getting some stops. It's always it's always crazy to kind of figure out. Well, are they playing good defense, or the other team just missing shots? Well, it's always both. Truth lies in the middle. Always has, always will. But my point is that can Purdue be a good enough defensive team in certain situations to to get some stops and let their offense extend the lead, come back from a deficit, or you know whatever has to happen. And that's something that you just you're going to have to watch with each game to see how it how it develops um, to a point where um, you know they're really shutting a team down, and that you know they're keeping teams from penetrating, getting in the lane, and scoring points. So you know there's there's a lot left. There's a lot to work on. But offensively, this team is at a is at, is at an extremely high level right now. Um, I'm not sure Iowa will be able to slow them down based on past history. Um, Iowa just does not defend very well, and now you're adding a more polished Zach Eady uh, along with what they have on the perimeter. You know, with Brandon Newman coming off the bench. And, you know, some other guys, you know, Sasha getting hot from, from three point range. Um, there's just a lot of people for teams to defend. And when you, when you're not good defensively, and now you gotta defend five guys, 
instead of maybe two or three, you know, it becomes difficult for for a program like Iowa to really get locked in defensively on on a you know on a team like Purdue that has so many weapons. And when you sub, there there's not there's not that drop off. You know, there's just not. I mean, you're you're trading a, a great, you're trading a really good player for another really good player, and so on and so forth down the line. They're just not a drop off, and that'll be tough for a team like Iowa to, I think, to deal with. Now, Iowa can score, and Purdue's not really tuned in uh, defensively, so they're going to get some points. But I just think, you know, in the end, Purdue's going to have a lot more chances to score easier buckets and put themselves in a better position offensively. Okay, well, that uh, will do it for this edition of the the Borders Extra podcast. Appreciate you stopping by. And uh, coming up later this week, of course, the Purdue-Iowa game on on Friday night, the Big Ten opener, uh, huge game uh, for Purdue. Uh, for both teams as they try to get off to a good start uh, in the uh, in the conference, uh, so that'll be you know that'll be uh, you know kind of uh, you know good Friday night game to have uh, to see where see where things stand and things to see where see where Purdue's at as they start Big Ten play against a an Iowa team that hadn't played anybody till Monday, uh, but really showed a lot of. Uh, toughness in, in winning at Virginia and after losing the, a big lead and coming back and and then winning the game at both ends of the floor they needed to make plays at both ends uh, that's a credit to them so it should be a should be a fun and entertaining game um, as we uh, as we get going here to start uh, the big Ten season all right well that's uh, gonna do it for now uh, appreciate you stopping by uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later uh, later in the week after Purdue plays Iowa in basketball. Have a good day.